14, let's stand our feet, if we would. Let's stand this morning. We're going to reverence the reading of God's Word. A very familiar scripture. I'm going to preach on a, a very familiar thought this morning. Now, let me encourage you that if you're unsaved, you can get saved today. Amen. Ain't you glad that you can get saved today and come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? But let's look in Luke chapter 14 and verse 16. And then said he unto him, a certain man made a great supper and bade many send his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and, and, and go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. My, my pastor had a message on this uh, portion of scripture here, on two fools and a fix and a henpecked husband. And so in verse 21, the Bible said, So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. And then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in hither the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. Thank God there's always room. Ain't that right? And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out in the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. And I say unto you that none of these men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. You can be seated. Heavenly Father, we come to you today. We thank you again for just another a wonderful Lord's Day to come and worship you uh, and be in your presence and you to come by and visit with us. Lord, I pray the singing has honored you, but it's preaching time now. And Lord, we certainly need a touch from heaven. And Lord, we just need you to come by and do something that we cannot do. And Lord, work in these folks' hearts and work in my heart. And Lord, that we would leave out of here better than what we come in. And if it's one loss, that they'd get saved today. They'd come to know you. And maybe somebody just needs to come and draw a little close. And Lord, we'll tell you again that we love you and thank you for Calvary. And Lord, we just want you to be honored today in it all. And Lord, we're going to give you the glory. Save that sinner's newest tale for all this in Jesus' name. We do ask and pray. Amen. And amen. The doctrinal explanation of this passage of Scripture uh, has to deal with the nation of Israel. Uh, God had dealt with Israel. He had bid them to come uh, unto Him. He had sent His very Son and that uh, to save Israel. Uh, the Bible said in John chapter 111 that He came unto His own and and his own received him not. But as many of them that received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God uh, that believe on his name. And we thank God for that. But the doctrinal aspect of this scripture literally uh, has to deal with, with Israel uh, uh, rejecting uh, Jesus Christ uh, as their Savior and rejecting the God of heaven. Uh, but we find right here that uh, notice that he talks about in verse 18 that uh, as, they, as he went out to be at all that were to come or could come and would come, they all began uh, uh, to make excuse. Now an excuse uh, uh, is a plea offered uh, uh, for a fault or an irregular deportment or an apology. An excuse is if we mess something up, uh, uh, then, then we make an excuse for it a lot of times. Now there's a difference between a reason and an excuse. 
Uh, you tell your children to sweep the floor uh, at home. If, if the broom is broke uh, uh, or there is no broom, that's a reason uh, for them not to sweep the floor. That's a good reason, ain't it? If you ain't got a broom, you can't sweep the floor. Ain't that right? Don't know where the broom's at. They might have hit it. I don't know. Uh, uh, but, but then they make an excuse for not sweeping the floor. Is We had all this to do and that to do or we just couldn't get to it and, and all these things. And, uh, and so there is a difference uh, uh, between a reason uh, and an excuse. Uh, if you notice, they give three excuses here for why they could not come uh, uh, to the supper. Uh, I've noticed that one of them said, I have bought a piece of ground uh, and need to go prove it. Another one said, I bought five yoke of oxen I uh, need to go prove them. And another said, I have married a wife uh, and therefore I cannot come. I've never known what that had to do with anything. Now you can go to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 20 and you'll find that there are some reasons and probably some excuses uh, uh, for men not to go into battle. If they build a house uh, uh, and not dedicated it, he said let him go back home and dedicate that house. He said if he's planted a vineyard and not ate out of it, he said let him go back home uh, and eat out of that vineyard. He said if he's married a wife, uh, uh, he said if he's betrothed to a wife, uh, he said let him go back home. Uh, uh, and then he said and if you're afraid, uh, uh, he said don't even bother to go to battle. But we're not talking about that here. Uh, we're talking about being bid to a supper. And so if I could preach for just a little while, I, I want to preach on the fault of, uh, of excuses uh, that are keeping you out of heaven and sending you to hell. Uh, there's a lot of excuses that men and women use in not serving Christ. Uh, Christians will make excuses of why uh, we can't witness, of why we can't read our Bible daily, of why we can't pray daily. We make all kinds of excuses. And that's what they are. I know there are times that life catches us. I, I, but friend, I, I, have to, I have to make, uh, let me say this, for me to read my Bible daily, there are some days that I have to make uh, uh, a conscious effort uh, uh, to say, hey, I've got to go read my Bible. You have to do the same thing. I understand life gets us unaware sometimes that uh, things overtake us and uh, we're running from the time that our feet hit the floor uh, till the time we go to bed or the night time. And I know that some things catch us unaware. And here's the great thing about the Lord. He knows that too. And He knows our heart. And He knows when it's an excuse uh, uh, or when we could have and did not. But that ain't what I want to preach on this morning. I want to preach on some excuses that are keeping you out of heaven. Uh, this morning, if you're lost, don't make an excuse for not being saved. I don't know everybody's heart in here. I'd almost say that probably almost everybody might be saved. I don't know, I, I, especially with this message. I, I, the only one that I know about is me. And I know that I got saved. I hope you know that. First of all, number one, very plain and very simple message this morning on excuses that, that men and women uh, and boys and girls make is first of all, number one, they make the excuse of I'm not good enough. Can I tell you this morning, no, you're not good enough to get saved. You cannot get saved uh, with your goodness. Romans chapter 3 and verse 10 said that there is none that doeth good, I know not one. He went on to say that there's none that seeketh after God. There's none righteous, the Bible said. Romans 3 and verse 23 went on to say that for all have sinned. And so no, you're not good enough to get saved. 
The thing about man is, is he's always looking at his own goodness and wants to use his own goodness uh, uh, to appease and to please uh, uh, God. But it's not our goodness uh, nor our righteousness uh, that's going to save us. I, I'm determined that a lot of people, they, uh, they, they feel like they need to get cleaned up uh, uh, before they come to Christ. That it don't work that way. He is the one that cleans us. Amen. Uh, he is the one that changes us uh, and makes us different uh, uh, from our lost condition uh, to our saved condition. Amen. Uh, uh, he said in Luke chapter 5, uh, as he's talking to the scribe, the scribes and the Pharisees uh, uh, were murmuring with his disciples and here's what they said. Uh, uh, why do you eat and drink with publicans uh, and sinners? And Jesus answering said unto them, uh, they that are holy, not a physician, but they that are sick I came not to call the righteous but sinners to repentance you know the greatest thing you can ever do is become a sinner because when you realize that you're a sinner you can get saved amen but a lot of people just say I'm not good enough I can't do that I can't live that kind of life no you cannot live that kind of life outside of Christ I'm getting ahead of myself this morning, but it'll be good. I want you to take your Bible this morning and go to the book of Galatians chapter 2. I want you to see it for yourself. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. Very familiar scripture here. Galatians 2 and verse 20. The apostle Paul, uh, he said this. He said, I'm crucified uh, with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And now watch this right here. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul said, look, this life that I'm living now, uh, it's by faith uh, in the Son of God. We'll read here in a little bit. God help us uh, about how that Paul used to live his life uh, uh, and that was by the works of the law uh, in trying to do good and trying to do righteously. Uh, uh, but friend, without Christ uh, in your life, it's just an excuse uh, uh, for you to say, I cannot do it. Uh, uh, friend, you cannot, but he can this morning. Thank God for that. And let me say this to the Christian today that says, I cannot live for God. Yes, you can. You just choose not to. You, you, you choose not to read your Bible. You choose not to pray. You choose not to be separated out of this world. Being separated out of this world is a choice I, I, that I make consciously every day. I make that choice. Now I'm glad there's somebody that resides on the inside that helps me uh, and gives me strength and gives me power. Uh, uh, but listen this morning, uh, uh, he is the one that helps. This life that I now live in the flesh. See, that's the one we're living now. Not the one we're going to live later, but now. I, I listen, some people say, I'm not good enough. You're not. You must be born again. What did he tell? What did he tell Nicodemus in John 3? Uh, he told me in John chapter 3 and verse 3, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You ver go to verse 7. He said, Marvel not that I say unto you that you must be born again. You've got to come to Christ uh, and be made a new creature in him. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. It's living this life by faith in him. Are you listening this morning? What excuse is keeping you from getting saved? I'm not good enough. No, you're not good enough. But in the very fact that you're not good enough, Christ Jesus will save you. Because he came to save sinners, not righteous people. 
He's not looking for righteous people. He's looking for sinners. Let me say this about the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus did walk with sinners and he sat down and he ate with sinners and he spent time with sinners, but he sure didn't sin with sinners. Amen. Uh, listen, when it came to their sin, he separated himself out of that sin. But you know what he did? He met them in their sin. And that was a great thing about the Lord Jesus Christ. He didn't expect them to get better uh, until they come to him. You know, it's like that woman that had that issue of blood uh, uh, in, in the book of Mark over there. Uh, listen, she had tried all, uh, spent all, uh, uh, but didn't get better. But the Bible said that she rather grew worse. Uh, uh, but when she heard of Jesus, uh, uh, she said, if I may but touch the hem uh, uh, of his garment, I'll be made whole. Uh, uh, she went to him sick. Uh, and when she left, she was healed uh, and better. Amen. That's what happens to lost people. They're sick, but when they get saved, they get better. Amen. Amen. Christ is the one that makes us better. But the excuse is I'm not good enough. No, you're not good enough to get saved. I'll give you that. And only in Christ Jesus. There's a lot of people wanting to live it uh, in their goodness, but they cannot. Number two, uh, excuses. Notice they made an excuse. Every one of them with all one consent began to make excuse. They began to say why they could not. Do something. Why can't you get saved this morning? Well, I'm not good enough. Or it's really, uh, uh, not, that's not for me, preacher. I, I, or, or I've got my own way. I talked to a fellow one time at the gas station. I don't remember why I was talking to him, but I began to witness to him. And he said, I really don't want anything to do with organized religion. Sometimes I can understand that. I'll deal with that here in a minute. I can understand that a little bit. But, but the problem is, is people, they, uh, they, they think they've got their own way and, uh, and they're sincere in it. They have their own religion. Uh, uh, listen, religion will send you to hell, friend. You'll die and go to hell believing in religion. You'll die and go to hell being a Baptist. And I love being a Baptist. I love being a King James, uh, uh, independent, fundamental, uh, Bible-believing Baptist. I like that. I like being that. But on top of that, I, I'm a Bible believer, but on top of that, I'm saved. Amen. And so you need to grasp this this morning to say, I've got my own way. Your own way will lead you to hell. Jesus said in John 14 and 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you're going to come to Christ, if you're going to get to heaven, don't everybody want to go to heaven? Can I stop right here and park for just a second? And boy, I'm telling you, this, this outline shot all to pieces this morning. You, you need to understand something this morning. Uh, you're going to die. You need to grasp that. I don't care how young or how old you are. From the time you were conceived in your mother's womb, death has been chasing you. I mean, it's been chasing you. I mean, you can go, you can go over to the uh, cemetery out there next to the house. You can go to any cemetery uh, that you want to, and you'll find them from a day old uh, to over 100 years old. But there's one thing about it. They all had to die. And let me ask you this. When you die, how are you going to face God? See, a lot of people, they think, here's another excuse. I'll just preach this excuse inside this other one right here. They, there's a lot of people think that they've got a lot of time to get right with God. The book of James said, For what is your life? It is even a vapor uh, that appeareth for a little time, and then it vanisheth away. We're here today and gone tomorrow. If I live to be 100 years old, there's one thing I've learned, Brother Jeff, is times of moving on. When I was these boys' age right here, man, time couldn't go fast enough. I can't slow it down. 
It's like we've got on a runaway train right now and that thing's running 100 mile an hour as fast as it can go and I can't get the brakes pulled on it. I used to listen to men and women talk about that, uh, how that the older you get, the faster time goes. Uh, and, I, and I couldn't comprehend that uh, and grasp that and think that way. But I can now. And we're, we're, all, we're rolling into the month of June. It was just yesterday that I was complaining about cold weather, it being cold. And we're rolling into the middle of June right now. And before I turn around, it'll be cold weather again. That's how fast time's moving clicking away. I come down here over 21 years ago and sometimes it just seems like yesterday. It really does. It seems like yesterday that I just come down here to pastor. And then I begin to look back across time and I look at all the people that has been here and that has left and how long they've been gone, you know, went on to be a heaven, you know. Time's just flying away. That may be your excuse. Is to say, I've got plenty of time. I'm young. I've got all the time in the world. You spirit boy the other day. Family did. Fixing graduate high school. He left out of here. Preacher, I've got my own way. I want you to take your Bible and go to the book of Philippians chapter 3. I'm going to show you about your own way. Philippians chapter 3. Your own way ain't going to get you though. It ain't going to cut it. It just won't work. Philippians chapter 3, look with me in verse 3. Philippians 3 verse 3, Paul said, For we are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Well, that's a good thing. <laughs> to have no confidence in the flesh and to worship and to worship the Lord Jesus Christ and rejoice in your heart. He said, verse 4, Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, he said, if any, man, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I'm more. Paul said, look, if somebody else thinks that they can do better than I did, he said, you're wrong. He said, I, I could have trusted in, I was trusting in my flesh. No, so he said in verse 5, circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin. And Hebrew of the Hebrews as touching the law of Pharisee concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law. Notice what he said, blameless. He said, I was it. Another time he talks about being trained at the feet of Gamil and, and all these things that he had and that he had accomplished. And, and you know what he said in verse 7? But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. He said, all those things that I thought was going to get me there, all those things that I could put my trust and hope in was not going to help me at all. He said, yea, doubtless I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of, Jesus, of Christ Jesus my Lord for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do, count, and do count them but done that I may what? Win Christ. And be found in Him. Now pay attention, not having my own righteousness which is of the law but that which is through the faith of Christ the righteousness which is of, uh, of God by faith. Well, we sing faith this morning, so let's go down. He said, look, my righteousness was in the law, but the righteousness, the right, listen, you being right, uh, uh, it is not in you and it's not your way and it's not your religion. Uh, it is in Christ Jesus. Righteousness. He went on to verse 10. 
And boy, we love the first part of verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Everybody loves that part, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. But look what the next part says. And the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Well, we want to be made alive. We, we want to talk about that I can know him, what it means to know him and be like him and be with him and, and the power of his resurrection. Everybody wants to know him in the power of his resurrection. But how many of us want to be made conformable to his death? Boy, to die. You know, Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Paul said, look, I have crucified this flesh. Listen to me now. Have you crucified? Have you mortified your flesh? That means to have killed one part while the other part's still alive. I've got my own way, preacher. Titus 3 and 5 said, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing, regeneration, renewing of the Holy Ghost. Make excuse. Why are you not saved this morning? Jesus died for all so that all could get saved. What was it? Little John said, and he is a preachation for our sins and not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. That means he appeased God's wrath for your sin. Number three, a lot of people won't get saved because they've got too much to do in this life. Got too much to chase after. And I know that if I chase after, if I come to Christ, if I come to God, then I'm not going to be able to do what I want to do. Luke chapter 9 verse 23. And here's what Jesus said unto them all. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man advantage if he gain the whole world, lose himself or be a castaway? So what if you do get the whole world? What if you do chase this whole world down? Seriously, I mean, what are you going to get? What if you get all the money in the world? What if you get half the money in the world? Somebody once said, money don't buy happiness, but boy, I'd like to try. That's what they said. I know that the love of money is the root of all... Listen, I ain't telling you you got to be poor all your life. That's, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that stuff. Or to be sad all your life. I, I'm, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is there's folk won't come to Christ because they're too involved in this world to get involved in that heavenly world. They want too much out of this world and they're not willing to give up this world. I was at the hospital one time sitting in a waiting room. I don't even remember who was in intensive care and we was waiting for the time to go in in intensive care to visit with whoever was in there. and uh, I believe it was at Park West. And, and, and I remember sitting, and, and you can't help but uh, listen to conversations that's going on around you. Uh, some, sometimes, sometimes you've got to listen real close to hear them. And then other times people are so loud you can't help but hear them. And I, I was listening to a lady. She was talking about uh, uh, go, 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 going down to the bar because she wanted to watch. Uh, was, it, what the, was it the Oscars? I can't remember. And, and because she loved that stuff. I'm like, man, 
Do you know I've got something better to do with your life than to go sit down at a bar and watch the Oscars about Hollywood? I, I, I mean, I, I, I could care less. You know why? And it's nothing, it's nothing me. It's, it's not Mark. It's, it's just a decision that I make. This world don't matter to me anymore. But let, me, let me show you something. I, I, I want to show you something right here. Take, take your Bible and, and go to the book of 2 Peter. I, I, want you, I really want you to turn over here with me today. Because I want you to get this because I really want you to underline this in your Bible. 2 Peter uh, chapter 3. 2 Peter 3. Some people are just so in love with this world. They're, they're not going to get saved. They, they're, they're too concerned about what's going on. Too concerned about, about the money they can make or the job they can have or, or, or the prestige that they might get out of this world. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 10. The Bible said, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervor and heat. And the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. So you, do you understand what's going to happen? At the end of all this thing, everything here is going to burn up. It's all gone. It's done over. Everything you've worked for, you've hoped for, you've dreamed about here, burn up, gone. Preacher, you're painting a pretty picture here. Look in verse 11. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. In other words, the heavens and the earth and the works that are in the earth. He said, all these things shall be dissolved. What manner of persons you ought to be with all holy conversation and godliness? Because you know why? Because that's what's going to last. First of all, if you've got saved, that'll last. For the Christian, how you've lived on this earth for the Lord Jesus Christ, that's what's going to last. Some Christians, now let me, let me rephrase that. Some believers are so wrapped up in this world, they don't live for Christ. They might go to church on Sunday morning, and that's about all you're going to get out of them is Sunday morning, maybe Sunday night. But their life, I mean, you, you can't tell them apart from the world. That's a dangerous place to be, ain't it? You know why that brings me down? That brings me down to the to, to the to the next to the next point. You know why some people won't get saved? Number four, because, because they say that there, there's too many hypocrites involved in religion. And, and let me say this this morning: there are some hypocrites involved in religion. I mean, even Jesus in John chapter six, he said, "I've not chosen twelve of you, and one of them's a devil." He had to deal with one of them, didn't he? I mean, he called, them, he called them Pharisees over there. In Matthew chapter 23, them scribes and Pharisees, uh, uh, he called them hypocrites. And they were the religious crowd. You know, Jesus very seldom, I, I mean, I, I, let me rephrase this here. When, when he got around them Pharisees, man, he worked on them. But them sinners, he loved on them. Think about it for just a second. Think about it. He'd get around that religious crowd and, and man, he would tell them what was going on. But them sinners, he would, he would tell them what God had done for them. And they could come and get saved. You know why some people won't get saved? Because they say there's too many hypocrites in the church. I had, I had a young lady call me one time. 
And this is back when you still had a home phone. They can get your phone number out of the book, you know. Uh, you, you can't do that now. Thank God for that. Amen. But, man, now the telemarketers, they just wire you out. But do what Brother Marvin does. He either witnesses to them or just agrees with them. One or the other. But she called me one day, and she was, and, and I know who she was. And, and uh, she said, well, preacher, I, and I do not know why she called me. She won't start the conversation. And I don't know why she called me. I don't know what. I don't know if she was drinking or what. I, I don't know, but uh, she called me and she said, I'd come down there to the church, but you just got too many hypocrites down there at the church. I said, well, that don't keep you from going to town and shopping with them at the Walmart or pumping gas with them down at the gas station because everywhere you go, you're going to run into a hypocrite. Click. She hung up on me. Now, that if you want to infuriate the preacher, hang up on me. I was, I was... I mean, there are very few times have I ever been angry. I mean, angry. But I was angry. And, and I cannot stand it. I mean, she's the one that called me. But that's how people think. I don't know what she wanted me to agree with or to say. You call me up and tell me there's hypocrites down at the church. Yeah, I'll tell you there's hypocrites down here at the church. I'll tell you that. But I'll also tell you everywhere else you go, you're going to run into them too. But you know the scary part is, church, as I sat and I thought about this, I thought, I thought about what happens if we get to heaven? What happens, or when we get to heaven, but what happens if this happened when we got there? What happens if, if the Lord looked at us and told us, you know, by the way you lived over here, this person over here, they were paying attention to you, and boy, your witness was not good, and they didn't get saved because of you. Because you know people's made this statement over the years, if them people right there are going to heaven, then I know I'm going. But see, we're weighing goodness again. It's not about weighing our righteousness and goodness. It's about His. But see, the world, the lost world, does not understand that. They think we're trying to outweigh our good versus our bad. And which one will ever weigh the, 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 the best is, uh, or the most is what, what's going to get us in or not get us in. So people make that excuse. They say, well, you got too many hypocrites. I can live better than they can. No, I'll just be honest with you. You can't live good enough to get in. Number five, I've been baptized and I've joined the church. I've made a profession. That's good. All those things you need to do. I won't argue that. But you need to make sure that you've trusted Christ. What are you leaning on? What are you resting in to get you to heaven? What are you resting in for your hope? I'm resting in that night that I asked Jesus to save me. That's what I'm resting in. I'm resting in the very fact that he done what he said he'd do, Brother Marvin. I'm resting in, I'm resting in what the Word of God said, that if I come and trust him and ask him, call out to him, that he would save me. I'm, I'm not worried about being baptized. I'm not worried about joining the church. I, I, I'm not worried about the profession that I've made. I, I, I'm not worried about any of that stuff. I'm worried not... I'm trusting in the very fact that his word is correct and I've trusted in him. That's what I'm doing. I'm putting my faith in him. Somebody sent me a message here a while back on a fellow. He was preaching about the thief at the cross. And as he was preaching, he said, the thief at the cross got to heaven and the angel at the gate asked him, said, why should I let you in? Why, why are you here? He said, do you know about 
the justification of the doctrine of faith? He said, no. He said, well, were you baptized and joined the church? He said, no. Then why are you here? And he looked at him and he said, the man on the middle cross said that I could come. I thought, boy, that's a good answer, ain't it? That old boy hanging to the right of Jesus, I would dare say. He didn't, he didn't get to join the church. He didn't get baptized. He, he didn't learn about the doctrine of the justification of faith. He didn't learn any of those things. He didn't get to go to Sunday school. He just knew that the man on the middle cross said that he could go. I don't do something for you this morning. Amen. Because that's the reason you're going to go. If you got saved, you're going to go because the man on the middle cross said so. And that's the bottom line. I had a preacher friend of mine, me and him was talking the other day. And he got saved when he was about eight years old. He, was, he, he, he didn't go to church with his mom and dad. As a matter of fact, he grew up in a busted home. But he said, now when I went to go stay with my grandparents, he said, I always went to church. And he got saved at home. He said, I was in my bedroom, know that I needed to get saved, and I asked Christ to save me. And he said, now, that, that, that was a little hard through the years of, not, of getting saved early in my life and, and not going to church. He said, but I know Christ saved me. You know, that, that is the great thing about when these little ones come through here. But we just, we just need to give them Jesus all we can. Because there's some of them we, we may not see again for another two or three months or another six months or another year. And, and you're saying, well, that, that would be, that, that God can, yeah, God can save them. If he deals with their heart, he can save them. Amen. They'll come to him. He said, you know, as I got out, he said, now, I know if I went with my grandparents, I know I was going to go to church. But he said, it was on up into my 20s that God began to deal with me about some things. And you know what, God? God can do those things. And see, the thing about it was, is it, it wasn't, the faith and the baptism that he was dependent on or his own works or any of those things. He was dependent on what he had trusted Christ to do. Can I ask you this morning, why won't you get saved? What is your excuse keeping you from heaven and sending you to hell? What is it? You may think you have plenty of time. But I'm going to tell you something. When you die in your lost condition, I was in Ecclesiastes 11, as a tree falleth, there shall it be. Luke chapter 16 says death comes and if you're lost without Christ and you're going to spend eternity in hell just to be brought up, to be judged and sent to an eternal lake of fire. I believe that I wouldn't keep making, I don't believe I'd keep making excuses and I'd come and trust Christ. None of those may be your excuse this morning. I don't know. But if you're making them, you can come and get saved. Let's bow our heads this morning.